Hello and welcome to the Plus Plus Podcast from Palantir.net, where we talk about what's new and interesting in the world of open source technologies and agile methodologies. I'm your host, George Demet, the founder and co-CEO of Palantir.net. Today we're here to talk about DrupalCon Pittsburgh, which is coming up June 5th through 8th. For the uninitiated, DrupalCon is an event that brings together people who use, develop, design, and support the Drupal open source content management platform. There are sessions, keynotes, and opportunities for learning, networking, and socializing. It's a really fun time. Today we've gathered together a number of folks on the Palantir team who are going to be speaking at DrupalCon Pittsburgh. We're going to hear what they're going to be talking about, what they're looking forward to, and some tips and tricks for new attendees. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get started with introductions. I'm going to start with Brittany Aker. Uh, Brittany, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and how many DrupalCons you've attended? Uh, I am Brittany Aker, and I am Palantir.net's Senior Client Success Manager. I deal with client relationships, I do a little bit of sales, um, all that stuff, support the team also in those endeavors. Um, let me think very hard. This will be my second uh, <laughs> my second DrupalCon. Last year was an absolute blast. I met a llama. Uh, so who knows what this one, what, what surprises this one holds. Thank you. And then we have uh, Travis Porsche. Uh, Travis, you want to introduce yourself? Hey guys, I'm Travis Porsche, uh, front-end web developer here at Palantir.net. So Drupal site building and theming, uh, I just celebrated my one-year anniversary, so woot woot to that. Uh, this is my first DrupalCon, so I'm very, very excited to see all the things, all the llamas um, meet. Uh, actually, this will be the first time I'm actually meeting a lot of my lovely coworkers in person, so there'll be a lot of time chatting it up and gauging who's taller than me or not. So definitely a great time. Very, very excited. Thanks, Travis. I can't guarantee there will be a llama at Pittsburgh because I think that might have just been a Portland thing, but you never know. Uh, I do hear that the llama does travel. Uh, so next up, we have Ju Vanderwater. Uh, Ju, do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, my name is Ju Vanderwater. I'm a senior front-end developer here at Palantir.net, and I also serve in the role of a product owner for a few of our clients. Um, and this is... This will be my fourth DrupalCon, but first U.S. DrupalCon since Washington, D.C., which was in 2009. That was a long time ago. Um, so I'm super excited, but this is the first time I am attending as a speaker-ish. Um, so that's, uh, that's really awesome. Yeah, but I will be taking my own um, advice that I would give other people here during this DrupalCon is just to pace my energy, rest if I need to, um, not feel pressure to attend every social event, um, and maybe go out and get to know a smaller group of people instead, which is um, good for people like me who are introverts. So, yeah. Awesome, thanks, Ju. Yeah, uh, I, I remember DC and uh, that was a while ago, but that was a fun event. And uh, I'll say as DrupalCons have gotten a little bit bigger since then. So yeah, had some good advice about finding uh, your own, a little quiet space. Um, Tiffany, uh, Tiffany Ferris, you wanna go up next? Sure, um, so I'm I'm Tiffany Ferris. I'm the CEO and co-owner of Palantir. I'm also the longest serving um, director of the board of the Drupal Association, other than Breeze, of course. Um, and so I'll be, 
wearing both of those hats while I'm in Pittsburgh. So this will be my um, 25th DrupalCon. Um, I've been to 11 in North America, 11 in Europe, and uh, of course there were the two online. So this will be 25 for me. Awesome, thanks Tiffany. Uh, is there anything in particular looking forward to about uh, Pittsburgh? So as someone who is uh, Rust Belt born and bred, I am totally looking forward to some comfort food. I think I'm definitely gonna have a Pittsburgh salad. Not sure I'm gonna go all the way for Permanis, but um, I you know, certainly wouldn't object to some pierogies. Awesome, Tiffany, thank you. Joe Mearsman, you're up next. Hi, I'm Joe Mearsman, uh, technical architect at Palantir.net. I play the uh, role of a product owner on the continuous delivery portfolio team. Um, I've been working in Drupal for over a decade, uh, and I'm coming up on four years at Palantir. I have been to three DrupalCons so far, um, so not a vet, but not a novice really either. Um, and I'm really taking a page from Travis's book. I'm excited to see people. I have not seen a lot of my coworkers in person, and there are definitely a handful of folks that will be at DrupalCon this year that I haven't seen in several years. So I'm excited to do that. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, Jill Farley, you're up next. Hi, uh, my name is Jill Farley. I have been a senior digital strategist at Palantir.net for almost five years. Um, I currently spend much of my time in the continuous delivery service line along with Joe and Ju. Um, and I've actually been in the Drupal space for about eight or nine years, um, and this is my first DrupalCon. So, what? Uh, <laughs> I'm a strategy practitioner, and I also do a lot of agile team coaching and individual coaching within our organization. Um, I kind of say I always bring the 10,000 foot view to whatever team or project that I'm working on. So, um, as far as what I'm looking forward to at this DrupalCon, I'm just gonna keep repeating it. I'm so excited to see my colleagues in person and many, many of them for the first time, even though I've been at Palantir for five years. I'm a total extrovert and I really get my energy from connecting and learning from people. So this environment is my jam. I have been waiting patiently <laughs> for this for a few years. And very selfishly, I have two small kids and I'm really looking forward to maybe sleeping in a little bit for five days. So that's me. Thanks, Jill. Um, I actually haven't had a lot of luck sleeping in a DrupalCon, um, so, um, but good luck. Um, next up, Ken Rickard, uh, we have you. Yeah, I suppose you do. Uh, I'm Ken Rickard, I'm the Senior Director of Consulting here at Palantir, and I'll just throw you a bunch of numbers. Um, this week actually marked my 15th year at Palantir. Um, I've been working on Drupal since 2005. That's, for those of you who know, that's Drupal 4.5, um, which is a long, long time ago. And this will officially be my 29th Drupal come. So there's that. Um, I, I am excited to get back. Um, I haven't been to a DrupalCon in person since 2019, just like many people. Uh, and apparently half of our inquiries at the booth last year were, where's Kev? That's all I heard when I when people got back. So uh, I will be there. Hanging out. Thank you, Ken. 
Yeah, there, there were a lot of people who came by our booth uh, last year looking for you in Portland, uh, so I know that will be a very special treat uh, for many to have you at Pittsburgh. So that brings us to me, George DeMet, uh, founder and co-CEO of Palantir. Uh, I do a lot of different things here at Palantir, uh, one of which is uh, apparently now moonlighting as a podcast host. Um, so Ken, I think I've been to one less DrupalCon than you. Uh, my current count is 28, uh, going all the way back to Sunnyvale in 2007. So George and I actually met in Sunnyvale. It was the first time. That's right. Yeah. June, I met at DrupalCon also. I'm just trying to remember which one it was. It might have been Barcelona the first time, but I don't quite remember. No, it was longer than that. I think it, it was DC or Hungary. It could have been, then it would have been Segan. It would have been yep. Segan. Yep. Well, that, that was a fun That's one. That's where I met you. Yep. Yep. Yeah, Zagat Hungary, the, the the tiny little university town uh, that that took a, a a very long train to get to, but it was a really nice place once you got there. Um, and uh, what am I looking forward to? Um, so I think Pittsburgh in general. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to. Um, I, I think they have uh, a whole uh, dedication to Mr. Rogers, Mr. Rogers' neighborhood, um, and so I'm I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I'm looking forward to um, DrupalCon in general, just again, reconnecting with folks. Um, really, um, you know, like I said at the outset, it, it's a social event. Uh, DrupalCon to me is almost like, you know, when you come back, it's like a summer camp reunion, uh, like people who haven't seen each other in a long time, and but everyone knows each other. So it's a it's a really great occasion and and very welcoming as well to folks who are new um we we, we always like to bring new people into the fold so i what i thought i would do next is um kind of go around and uh you know since each of you are speaking at DrupalCon, um maybe have you talk a little bit about uh the different uh sessions that uh you'll be doing um you know what your session is about um and why you chose this topic, why you think it's important. Um, and so I thought I would do it in sort of the order in which these sessions will be presented at DrupalCon, um, which means that um, actually, Travis, the uh, session that you and Corey, um, who unfortunately isn't here, um, are doing would be first up. So you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, let's do it. I'm excited. All right. Uh, so, uh, as George mentioned, I'm one of two. Uh, my lovely counterpart, Corey uh, Neslin, is in Italy right now, uh, but she is the brains and the beauty of this whole thing. I just carry the cue cards. Um, no, we uh, came up with this, this awesome uh, session together. Um, playing as a team, strategies for better communication. Uh, so not terribly technical as a topic, but still very, very important. So we decided to, to bring this session to life because we, working in a flat self-organizing structure full of brilliant developers, we do notice that communication sometimes gets pushed to the back for some. And we wanted to offer tools to promote, uh, 
ways to get unblocked and ways to promote psychological safety. So that's essentially what this talk is going to be about. Um, tools are, that we're going to use are, you know, defining what psychological safety is, um, what, how can we adopt a leader leader mindset? And leader leader is essentially a, a tool that was um, kind of conceived by L. David Marquette. Uh, in the book, Turn the Ship Around, which if you haven't read it, read it. It's absolutely phenomenal. Um, it challenges kind of like a hierarchical structure of uh, workflow and then adapting like a more uh, collaborative workflow and leader-leader. Um, we're going to be talking about nonviolent communication um, and then concepts from the book Radical Candor, uh, which is essentially um, how to provide safe um, but effective feedback. So a lot of interesting topics. Uh, we have a lot of fun. Um, there might be music, we'll see. Uh, but uh, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, but um, yeah, I'm very, very, very excited. That sounds like a really fun session. And um, yeah, I'm so glad that, um, you know, you're talking about like the ways that the people work uh, with each other, the way we interact and, um, you know, and how we can all learn how to communicate better and be more open with each other. So um, that sounds like a really fantastic session. And so that one will be on Monday of DrupalCon. Um, and so I believe it's at, at nine in the morning. So uh, if you're if you're looking for something to kind of kick off your DrupalCon with, um, definitely check out Plain as a Team Strategies for Better Communication. All right, so next up, um, we have uh, Tiffany, the, you're going to be on a panel on how to make big things happen in Drupal. What's that going to be about? I think it's going to be fun. Um, you know, it'll be, I'm on the panel with um, Gabor Hoichi, who is um, serving as the moderator. So um, Gabor is the, was like the D6 release manager, and he's been a core committer since uh, 2007, but his you know, kind of current title is the Drupal Core Initiative Coordinator Coordinator. <laughs> so he tries, and so he, his role of late has really been to help things continue to move forward. Um, Mike Herschel, uh, who is at the SBA right now, he's also a, a DA board member with me, and he was the initiative lead on uh, the Olivero theme, um, will be on the panel as well as Kristen Pohl who is independent now, but she was a former CTO of a, a Drupal agency and has been involved in pretty much anything there is to be involved in, in Drupal. Um, so these are amazing human beings who've contributed a lot. Um, the panel really is gonna focus on how to, how to make larger contributions. And this is a, I think a particularly important topic as the complexity of Drupal has increased. Um, we, I think have really good pathways as a an open source project for smaller patch level contributions. Um, but I think one of the places where uh, we have the opportunity to grow more is in um, some of the bigger things that we need done. Drupal's, you know, Dries likes to talk about Drupal as being for ambitious um, experiences, but the project itself is ambitious and there's always big things we wanna do. Um, so, you know, we're each gonna bring our perspective on how we have, organizationally um, helped support, you know, really big things. Palantir um, has done it a couple of times now, most recently with, with uh, the Drupal Rector as part of the um, upgrade. And then, then we also um, wrote Workbench. Um, so we'll just talk about the strategies that we use. Um, you know, I think Drupal 
has you know well and truly for for many years now been um, a professionalized project. So we're you know well past those hobbyist enthusiast days where people would you know just volunteer to code in the, into the night. So we need to really establish more sustainable patterns for how we have big contributions happen. And um, so yeah, this is a great panel for those who want to see their companies um, or organizations do more um, big contributions. Um, kind of knowing the ins and outs so that you. Um, can learn from our experiences of what doesn't work or, you know, what we might not have thought about and, um, you know, how to really, if you're an, uh, a company, how to engage with the Drupal community in a really productive way. So that's, um, that's Monday at, I think, 4, um, 410, something like that. Um, but I am also on a panel. I'm going to just plug it briefly. It's on Tuesday. There will be, uh, the Drupal Association will be meeting in um, public again. So if you want to come and chat with the board, um, that'll be around lunchtime, like 1130 in the ballroom. Very exciting. I, I really love that you're, you're you're taking that focus of, you know, really helping give um, organizations or even people at organizations, right, the tools to, to help be uh, contributors to Drupal, because you're absolutely right. I mean, um, it, it is very difficult to kind of just as a single person, I think, really be able to make a ongoing and sustainable uh, contribution to a major project. But if we can uh, work together and maybe get more organizations on board, I think uh, that's key to the innovation of the platform. So thank you. And yeah, the <clears throat> and the Drupal Association panel as well. That's always a fun place to, uh, to kind of get to meet the folks who, uh, who kind of oversee the um, the the care of the project, right? Um, and, we keep and the lights on. That's right. Yeah, but you know, I mean, it's but you help put on DrupalCon, right? So so that's important and maintain Drupal.org and all of the the infrastructure that keeps the project and community going. So thank you. So moving on, our next session is on Tuesday morning, and Brittany, that's your session. Authenticity is contagious. Um, actually, it's on Tuesday afternoon. I apologize. Um, you want to tell us more about that? Yeah. So um, it's authenticity is contagious. Being real and showing emotion builds long-lasting client relationships. So this is not at all technical. It's more so about the soft skills needed to um, bring longevity to um, our client relationships. So uh, this came out of a couple of experiences I had here, kind of retroing. Um, situations that happened during client calls. Uh, and one that comes to mind in particular was essentially at the very beginning of the project, uh, the client said in passing something that we knew was going to majorly impact the way the team was able to carry out work. Um, and then we essentially went on to see exactly that thing happened. So they had a decrease in how much time they could resource to the project. We needed them to resource all the time that we had um, agreed upon. We knew it was going to have a major impact, and it did. Um, and so in listening to the retro, one of the questions I asked was like, well, you know, when they said that, how soon did we know that that was going to be an issue? And I was like, oh, right away. And um, I said, oh, great. So how did we relay that to the client? And we didn't. And so it was one of these things was, well, how could we have? How could we have indicated in words and with a, a strategic emotional response, you know, uh, to, to indicate to the client and give them true pause? Oh this is something that we need to think about. And so um, I had I've had several conversations um, like situations like that. So it's 
how can we, instead of doing that thing that we've all been taught to do where we keep stoic and, and, and pretend like everything's gonna be okay no matter what, how do we flip that and say, actually, this thing is not gonna be okay no matter what. And how can we um, show that and let that show to our client in a way that gives them pause and uh, makes it for the better of our, our engagement together. Um, so not only is it about allowing ourselves to show emotion, allowing ourselves to be real people, um, in these engagements, uh, but how is that for the better of our team, the better of ourselves and the way that we show up in those um, relationships and those engagements. And then um, just also, and I, I know we're gonna talk about this, but uh, using emotion as a tool. And sometimes that sounds a bit manipulative. That's not what we're talking about. We're saying um, an emotional response should not be uh, inappropriate. That's not what we're saying. But how can we use it as a tool strategically to indicate when something is alarming uh, and it's something that we want to tackle together? So um, I don't want to babble forever, but it's it's a topic that I'm truly interested in. I think it's um, it's very much a new way of thinking um, when we're talking about the way that we show up in professional business settings, and I think it's something that we're going to see more and more. So we're going to talk about how to do that when it's safe to try. Um, to show that with clients, what are those situations look like, how to identify them. Um, and we'll just talk about the benefits of, of bringing that um, parts of ourselves to work every day. So I'm looking forward to it. Come see it. Awesome. Thank you, Brittany. Yeah. I mean, I think that it is absolutely key, right? Because um, I think there's there's very often a tendency for client relationships to be viewed as transactional, right? And, and they're not. Um, it's, it's a real relationship. Um, that that you know you have with your client and it's it's a partnership really and uh, with any partnership people have to be able to be real with each other right and so I really appreciate you bringing that uh, and 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 helping uh, others understand how they can as you say bring their full selves to their work thank you all right so now the next one is another panel we have. And uh, so, so Joe, I think you're going to kind of kick off this one. This is our panel uh, in for the long haul, supporting growing living sites in the post Drupal 8 landscape. Want to tell us a little bit more about what that is about? Yeah, absolutely. And I'll let Jill and Ju chime in as they would like to. So we are, I work on the continuous delivery portfolio team, which is um, a lot of big words, um, but basically we continue to work with our clients that we've worked with to either build a new site or some of uh, occasionally clients that we have brought in from elsewhere that have an existing uh, Drupal site. Really the, the importance of this, uh, of our department and this talk is really all around the life cycle of Drupal sites post Drupal 8. So uh, when Drupal 8 came out, um, it's really no longer a requirement that you're going to rebuild your site from the ground up when the next major Drupal version comes out, which is fantastic. But I think, I know Palantir was really forward thinking uh, in you know, setting up a, a team of people to, that are going to you know, continue to manage sites into the future because with the longevity, longevity of a site, uh, there's a lot of opportunity for features and enhancements. There's a lot of opportunity to actually get real data and look at your ROI and see where you can improve things. Uh, and then there's also 
some problems that arise with uh, maintaining sites as libraries get deprecated uh, through multiple versions of PHP, uh, through multiple version changes of Drupal. Uh, so yeah, our talk is really how we approach all of that and how we work together as a team to think strategically and to make incremental improvements for maintaining healthy websites. And I can jump in um, just to give a little bit of perspective around what my lens will be on the panel. So I'm a strategist by trade. I don't have an engineering background. And I was really excited to bring that lens to the continuous delivery practice when I joined the team last year. I'd spent a lot of my career working in what we would call solution delivery projects, which are you know end-to-end -end redesigns or replatforming projects. Um, so this is new territory for me. And in this panel, I'll be talking about really how we help clients see the value in longer range planning, as Joe mentioned, sort of from a strategic uh, perspective. And planning for their, their sites based on business goals, um, content needs, SEO, looming integrations, and not just thinking about site maintenance as reactive or short-term fixes. So I think this is something that we've done uniquely and um, has it's really yielded a lot of amazing creative conversations with our clients about how they think about uh, their site maintenance. I'm doing air quotes, you can't see me. So specifically, um, you know what what i'm hoping to to share is just the fact that um, a live site has to provide roi however our, an organization defines it and so much concentrated energy and focus and investment usually happens during a full-on redesign or rebuild there's just a lot of momentum and and team collaboration but your site doesn't really do anything for your organization until it's out in the wild so you know, our team really feels like the action happens once you're kind of managing it ongoing. And with the need for back to front rebuilds decreasing with this kind of new landscape, how do we keep that energy going around site improvement when the site isn't really like brand new and shiny? Um, how do we keep that exciting? So we'll be sharing some success stories around how we've started to catalyze um, more strategic and longer range planning conversations with our clients and maybe some times when that's not gone so well and how we've how we've pivoted or uh, iterated on those conversations and also which I think Joe will be talking about in a second and Joe already mentioned how our team operates and how that's been a mind shift for our team in addition to our clients and how we are making continuous delivery fun again so, Jewel, I'll hand it over to you to talk right. about your perspective. <laughs> well, I think sometimes support, it, you know, ongoing support gets a bad rap because people think, oh, well, you know, the team just does bug fixes or boring upgrade work or, um, and I guess that can be true, but with our mindset um, shift into future strategy, I feel like we've brought on a lot of, um, fun and exciting opportunities for our team members that's you know outside of maybe what normal support teams might address um, and we spend a lot of time 
building trust and a fun environment for our team members and also with our clients. So uh, those relationships um, really give our team a lot of energy and um, lots of learning opportunities and growth opportunities for everybody. And we'll be addressing some of um, our tips on how we do that. Thank you so much. I really love um, the approach that our uh, continuous delivery portfolio team takes to again, managing that that ongoing strategic relationship with folks after their sites have launched, right? And I think it's a really great point about how, yeah, this is this is not just about bug fixes or security updates. this is this is a journey. and um, this is something that you know is going to be, ongoing as the needs of your organization change, right? So are the needs of your site. And uh, so I really appreciate, um, you know, how how this team works as a partner for those folks. So thank you. The next session actually is gonna be the one I'm presenting. Um, so I will be speaking at the Community Summit. Um, the summits at DrupalCon this year are on Thursday which is a little bit of a, a shift. Uh, they, they've changed the uh, schedule format around a little bit, but, um, you know, so I will be, uh, after the introductions, kind of kicking things off um, to present a little session on how we updated the Drupal Code of Conduct. And so this is um, a project that I've been working on along with a group of other folks uh, from the community, uh, from the uh, Community Working Group's Community Health Team, and it's um, really taking, you know, Drupal was one of the first open source projects to adopt a code of conduct uh, way back in 2010. And um, so I spent uh, a number of years serving on the committee that helped um, enforce and uphold that code of conduct and do conflict resolution between community members and experienced a lot during that time. Uh, I was on for I think about uh, six or seven years, and um, really kind of understanding the places where um, our code of conduct worked well uh, for our community and where some of the gaps were. And um, and since 2010, there's been a lot of evolution in open source uh, codes of conduct. Uh, there's been, um, you know, pretty much every project now has a code of conduct, and a lot of them include um, elements that, uh, that just nobody had quite yet thought of uh, or thought to include um, back in 2010. And so last year, uh, we started on a process to kind of overhaul and update uh, Drupal's code of conduct. And so I'll be talking about how we went through that process, uh, how we incorporated uh, feedback, you know, historical feedback from the community. We looked at different other open source project codes of conduct. And um, and then we we reached out to uh, different community stakeholders um, to get their feedback and input. And before we basically took all of that and shared with the community at large. And so um, where things are at as of this moment that we're recording is that um, we expect to be announcing the new code of conduct in the next week or so. So before DrupalCon, so everyone will have a chance to, to see the new language and the new text, um, anticipating that the code of conduct will probably not take officially take effect until um, you know a few weeks after DrupalCon. Um, so folks will have 
time to absorb and ask questions. And I'll be there at DrupalCon to answer them. So looking forward to that. Um, it's been a big project. I personally learned a lot along the way. One of the big lessons was really, uh, you know, making sure that you have uh, a diversity of voices um, in the input process, find things that um, I don't think I, I would have thought of on my own, or even just the small the group of folks in our committee would have uh, really discovered uh, had we not reached out to people across our global community. So I'm excited about that. And then um, uh, finally, uh, Ken, we have you. You're going to be presenting a, a case study session at the uh, Government Summit, which is also on Thursday. So the title is uh, Developing a Testing Strategy for the Wisconsin Department of Health Services. Yeah, and this is, thank you. This is a fascinating session that actually ties in a lot to the, the CDP session that we were talking about, which is, hey, Wisconsin um, is a legacy project. So it's a Drupal 7 project that's been shifted to Drupal 9 and then is going to move to Drupal 10. And the question becomes, how do you take such a big site? It's, it's quite large and quite complicated because of the version shift um, and make sure it's got adequate testing for long-term maintenance. Um, the trick there and what we'll be talking through are the, the sort of decisions you have to make and the priorities you have to set because it's very common for say, people to say, well, we'd love to test everything. Um, and that's great. And that might take you three to four months to implement. And so how do you start gradually introducing testing in a way that's sustainable? And so we'll talk about how we break down those questions. Uh, we'll talk about the different types of tests you might write. Um, we'll talk about the things the things that are most important to test. So the difference between, between saying like an access control test versus a content creation test and why those things are important and why they matter. So it's one of those sessions that sounds technical but really isn't. It's going to be targeted towards project managers and uh, product owners, the kind of people who have to make resourcing decisions about how their sites get built and maintained. Yeah, thank you, Ken. I mean, and I think, um, yeah, this is particularly um, important as being part of the government summit, right? And that, you know, particularly public sector web platforms are ones that have a really long lifespan. And so that kind of um, like very strategic, long-term proactive planning is absolutely key to the ongoing to their ongoing success. And so definitely looking forward to that one as well. So thank you all for for sharing information about about the sessions you're going to be presenting. Um, I, I think we've got a really uh, great lineup. And, um, you know, again, I as I was listening to to everyone, I was kind of hearing this kind of common theme, right? about how to ensure kind of long-term uh, sustainable success, right, with, with projects. And again, going back to this idea that like, you know, it's not just a one-off project when you're building a new website or launching a new platform. It, it really is a journey and uh, really making sure that we're thinking about the entire uh, lifespan of that journey as, as we approach it. So, with that, I, I actually want to switch gears a little bit. Like, what other uh, things, uh, you know, events uh, that might be going on at DrupalCon or other sessions that you might have seen 
are you looking forward to? Ken, you go ahead. Yeah. Again, I'm running behind, so I haven't even looked at the schedule yet. But for people like Travis uh, and even Jill who are going to their first event, the thing that I would I, I always stress is there are a lot of sessions. There's a lot of things going on, and and I always encourage people to go to sessions that are outside their current discipline. Uh, so. I mean, I am primarily a developer these days. I like to go to design sessions. I like to go to project management sessions because it, it gets me exposure to things that I wouldn't normally think about. Um, and most of the technical stuff I can pick up on my own, you know, and just part of the normal work that we do. So I think it's really interesting and really important to be able to do that. So having that exposure and having the different perspectives can really be beneficial. I'll even drop into a marketing session once in a while to see what they're saying and what they what their concerns are because it I think Brittany you talked about it earlier it, it helps with empathy and understanding what clients are asking for understanding what end users need when you're writing code so that's my that's my pitch it's go and then one other thing I'll say since I've been to so many of these things which is especially if you're speaking for the first time. Um, everyone wants you to be successful. Uh, everyone who's coming to this event is coming to collaborate and to share. So so you um, don't have to worry so much about like, who am I going to meet? How am I going to meet people? It, it will happen. And it's really easy to just walk up to people and say, hey, I'm new. What, what do I need to know today? And that's a really good conversation starter. Tiffany, what tips do you have? So I think one of the most important and favorite parts of DrupalCon, any DrupalCon for me have always been the hallway track. So, you know, all the DrupalCon sessions are recorded and they are put up extremely quickly. So if the, even if there's a, a session that you were dying to see, but you're in the middle of a, com a really deep conversation with someone about the other thing, prioritize that conversation. Prioritize the fact that this is that face-to-face -face time you have with the rest of the community. Um, you know, I think one of the challenges that faces um, many open source communities, but especially Drupal, is that we are such a global community and um, not everyone has English as their first language. Communication is hard in general. Um, so if you can actually talk with people face to face, um, it just has such a, a lasting impact. It's a little bit easier. Um, and there are just tons of people there who make the work that we do every day possible. Um, so I, I also really like the gratitude culture of Drupal. So, you know, definitely use uh, DrupalCon as a, that opportunity to grab a beverage of choice or a meal with someone whose work, you know, you've appreciated. Just say thank you and um, make that, that personal connection because all of Drupal is built by people and they're, you know, we're all pretty nice. So um, those are the, the things I would say is definitely you know, prioritize people over over sessions. Well said, Tiffany. Um, what other uh, things are folks looking forward to, or or tips do uh, people have for uh, first time attendees? I mean, I know one that I um, am, am thinking of very much is uh, about is uh, don't 
this is going to sound kind of cheesy, but like, don't, don't skip the exhibit hall. There's a lot of like great networking and great conversations and great people to meet um, at the different uh, booths. There's some good swag as well. Uh, so, you know, if you're looking for something maybe to bring home for a family member uh, or something, there there will always be something really cool to find. And it's also another kind of really great place to just have those conversations. It's not 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 just the place you kind of breeze through on the way to uh, lunch or or coffee. It's a good place as well to hang out. You know, and we're going to have a really great booth at DrupalCon. I'm really excited about it. We, uh, we're going to have kind of some chairs, uh, make it kind of a, a social area where people can come and hang out and chat. And, um, you know, as far as our swag, I'm not going to say too much, but I am uh, totes excited about what we are going to be giving away at our booth, if that's uh, enough of a clue. So, yeah, that's my tip. Um, Jill, did you have uh, any tips or uh, things you're looking forward to? I don't have tips because I've not been to DrupalCon, but I've been to many a conference in my day. Um, and I think the thing I'm looking forward to the most, especially given how long it's been since, you know, a lot of us have attended conferences or opportunities to network is the sort of the stories um, of, hey, I did that too, or I struggled with that too, and here is how I solved it. Um, I'm such an example person that I just, I just soak up all of the, you know, common challenges that a lot of us have and the creative solutions of how people have addressed them. Um, also just to feel not alone um, with, oh my gosh, we've been banging our heads against the wall on this particular problem for a while now and actually everybody else is too. So super excited to hear the stories. Um, you know, you get a little bit in your bubble when you're working with your colleagues and your clients um, on a daily basis and it's it's definitely hard to proactively go out and find um, those kinds of stories and case studies and examples just on a day-to-day -day basis so i feel like this is just it's like it's it will it will be coming to me i don't have to go out and seek it so looking forward to those stories so many stories come out of DrupalCon and 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 being able to 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 kind of not just have those there and share stories with each other but um but the stories that we share afterward as well so uh, yeah that's that's really good advice so so thank you all um for sharing uh all your insights today um i know i'm super excited about DrupalCon pittsburgh um i hope that uh uh, other folks, uh, if you're planning to attend, um, please say hi to one of us or stop by our booth. Um, if you're not planning to attend, um, definitely check out the sessions um, online once they get posted. And, um, you know, and we'll also, if you're a subscriber to our newsletter, we'll also be sharing those recordings with folks as well. So, uh, so you won't miss out. Until next time, that is it uh, for this episode of the Plus uh, Plus podcast. Uh, we'll be back in a couple weeks with our next episode. And until then, uh, take care and goodbye. Goodbye.